When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Kulays. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's show, Dom Kostanchik joins me as we discuss the tactical state of Barca and, more importantly, how Xavi will make changes to the team and spacing. On Friday night, late Friday night, Xavi was finally officially appointed the next manager of FC Barcelona after a long, dragged-out negotiation, which I think took way too long, but whatever. Laporta and his team were able to finally deliver the manager. Now, if you've been listening to the pod, you know I was not the biggest fan of Kuman for his tactical decisions, lineups, fitness, and player development. I really wanted a change more than anybody and think it should have been done before the season started. But now we have Xavi, and I'm super excited. Not only for the romanticism of one of my favorite players of all time coming back as a manager, but I think this is a pivotal moment in Barca's history that we need Xavi to help us bridge the gap and get through this. Now, even though Xavi doesn't have true European managerial experience, I think he's definitely the best manager for this moment right now. Most importantly, we need to give him patience so that he puts his stamp on the team. Obviously, I'm hoping that he will further develop the young nucleus that we have. And obviously, you know, we need to focus on the two most important things this season to me are getting out of the group stage of Champions League and finishing fourth in La Liga. Those are the two most important things as goals for me for this season. And for next season, we can hopefully add some players and you know have higher goals, but that's what we need to do for this season. Now, obviously with him being the manager, hopefully he'll bring some stability that we've been lacking at FC Barcelona since Laporta has taken over, obviously since Bartomeu even further, right? So again, I was kind of joking in our WhatsApp group uh, for our Patreon members, I was saying, imagine if we were Liverpool fans, like what would we be talking about right now? And I said, just players and tactics, how boring. And obviously I was doing that in jest. But again, every day there was, seemed to be something happening in the last three months. You know, obviously is Kuman staying? Is he going? What's Laporta thinking? Obviously the Messi thing, the Pedri renewal, Fati renewal, like there was just always something going on. And I really hope now that you know, we are invested in Xavi. There's going to be some stability going forward because he's going to be the manager for the next two to three seasons because we just cannot afford another new manager. We have 32 million euros invested already paying out to previous managers of Valverde, <laughs> Setien, and Kuman now. So we just can't, uh, we have to be patient with Xavi. Again, I'm excited obviously because he's one of my favorite players of all time, but I just really think that more than anything, he's going to be able to communicate to the press and to the players and to manage expectations better than previous coaches. I think since he was a star player in the modern football area, I think he understands what it takes and how to manage these things now. Whereas I think maybe, you know, maybe Kuman and Valverde and Setien were older coaches, a little bit out of it of what it takes to be a modern footballer. I think that's really special. More importantly, I think Chavi's going to help 
bring uh, you know his stamp to the midfield. I think the midfield is going to develop even further, and that is really the crown jewel of our team right now with Nico, Pedri, De Jong, and Gavi. And so I'm really excited. So, Xavi, welcome home. Quick Barca Talk announcement. We have updated our website, barcetalk.net. You can do so many things there. Uh, first, you can check out the reviews. You can leave a review, read the reviews. Second, you can leave a voicemail for the show. Also, you can join our newsletter that we publish every Wednesday. We kind of aggregate all the latest news and videos from all over the web about FC Barcelona. And you can also sign up for our Patreon there as well. Check it out on your mobile phone. It's super fast and it looks great on there. So check it out, barsatalk.net. After the break, Dom Kostantik joins me as we do a tactical breakdown of yesterday's Celta match as well as talking about the new Xavi era. And so how did how did you get into Barca? How did you start following Barca? Uh well it's actually it's been what almost twenty years now, I think. <laughs> it's basically my dad, just he when I was when I was still a little boy, he came back home with a Barca kit. He actually had a Chelsea kit and a, and a Barca kit. And he was like, okay, Dom, you get the Barca kit. And my brother got a Chelsea kit. That's how we started. It could have easily been the other way around. And I could have been a Chelsea fan. <laughs> but, but fate wanted me to be a Barca fan. And so here I am, I guess. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Well, one, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is you started this uh, tactical newsletter. Um, and I subscribe to it, and I have to say it's 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 awesome. The analysis that you did so far, I can't wait to see uh, in the future what you guys do on a weekly basis. But in your last one, you did an, a great analysis of Nico and Frankie De Jong. And in yesterday's match, uh, obviously there was uh, not the result that Barca was looking for, especially going up three nothing and allowing three yeah. uh, unanswered goals. But you know, I was really watching yesterday, especially after reading your analysis, and I know we were going to talk about this. Frankie and Nico yesterday, and you really had some really awesome points. Yesterday, you know, I think Frankie had some of the positives that you talked about, like the driving, mm -hmm. those opportunities he had, but also, like you said, he has so many other responsibilities that I think yeah. it hinders him. Tell tell us a little bit more about, you know, your kind of point of view about Frankie and especially kind of relating to yesterday's match, uh, especially with the tie against Celta 3-3. I think, well... The big question about Frankie was always, is he going to make it as a Barca pivot? And I feel like, yes, he has the, the qualities, he has the ability to do so. But the thing about Frankie is, he is so versatile. He might be way too versatile for his own good, because coaches see him and they're like, okay, he can do this, and he can do that. And they kind of want him to do everything at the same time. And, and that doesn't really work, because Frankie doesn't know what, what exactly is it that he's supposed to be doing in the match. So he tries to be a pivot at times, he tries to be a number eight, he tries to be this deep-flying playmaker. And when you have a player who doesn't have a clearly defined role, he struggles. Obviously, he's going to struggle. And then you have Nico, who who has a certain skill set that's similar to, to Frankie. When I was scouting Nico, I was like, okay, this guy is a Frankie de Jong regent. He's basically the same player, just more physical and more powerful. And he's he's got a more of a attacking drive, if you will. So if you put him in a specifically defined role as a number eight, for example, who will drive forward and do those runs like a Vidal, like a Paulinho, if you will, uh, he will thrive because he knows exactly what he's supposed to do and he has a skill set to accommodate that role. Whereas Frankie, he will try and do way too much in a, in a, in a certain situation and that will kind of hinder him that way. So I feel like if you give Frankie a role that's clearly defined, 
he will he will do it. He can do it. He can do most of the things that coaches ask of him. It's just that he has to do too much. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good point. And let me just ask you blatantly, do you think Busquets playing the amount of minutes is hindering this? Because I've always kind of positioned myself as Dijon kind of being in that Busquets role, and I think that's where he could thrive. And especially now with the development of Nico and Pedri, I think that would be an awesome midfield going forward. And again, you're kind of we're kind of in this position where we're depending so much on Busquets, obviously mm-hmm. for his uh, you know, his experience and the minutes, and obviously he's the captain of the team. But like you said, I don't know if it's just putting him in that role and maybe we unlock him further. What do, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I guess so. I think if we're gonna have Frankie de Jong and potentially Nico as well as our Busquets replacements. We have to we have to accept the fact that it's going to be a different kind of number six for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Busquets is very unique. I mean, he has marked a whole era for Barcelona, and I get that people when they when they think of pivots at Barcelona, they think of Busquets, and that's fair enough. Um, but the thing is, if you're going to play Frankie there and Nico there, it's going to be a bit different because mm-hmm. they are different players. They have different qualities. But sure, they can do some of the stuff that Busquets can do, and but they have some of the things that they their strengths lie elsewhere as well. So if you if you limit Frankie De Jong to just the first phase of the pitch, just the first you know the first uh, the Barca's half of the pitch, he won't really thrive because he wants to go forward. He wants to carry the ball forward. He wants to beat markers. He wants to play make a bit, which is not something that you would usually see Busquets do. Mm. Uh, and it's not because Busquets cannot do it. Take Busquets' role. At Spain, for example, and take his role at Barca is different because he is more of a playmaker for Spain as well. I would say because he goes forward more, and he has more of a more of the freedom to do so. While at Barca, Barca pivots nowadays are more limited. I would say. So mm. if we're gonna have Frankie in that role, he has to have more freedom. He has to get different kind of pivots. Yeah, and and again, we saw glimpses of what how awesome Frankie can be. Yeah. when he is let to drive the uh, counterattack, especially, you yeah. know, he hit the post on that one play. And I, that, to me, was what I thought Frankie was going to be at Barca. You know, that mm-hmm. play, I think, is a microcosm because that's what we saw at Ajax. And I was really excited for him, unfortunately, yeah. hit the post with that play. Now, going back to Nico, again, like you said in, in your analysis, that Nico is just a physical specimen. And I can see that yeah. now more and more watching him play just his attitude and also just the attacking balls that he's putting forward more into yeah. the attacking third. How can, you know, especially now that Chavi is officially the coach, how can Chavi use Nico even more to, you know, get more goals? Because recently, you know, take apart this Celta game, we have been mm-hmm. struggling to, to score goals. So how can Chavi utilize Nico to unlock even further, especially on that right side, which I always feel has been underutilized for the, for the last six seasons or so. So Nico has that ability to, he has the the strengths of a physical midfielder who likes to drive forward, but he also has a technical ability of a La Masia talent, which is which is excellent. I've, I've it's been a while since Barca have had such a player. I mean, uh, I've already said that he's like a Vidal or a Paulinho just with a technical quality, yeah. and that's not meant to discredit Paulinho or Vidal. They're both great players in their own right. It's just that Nico has that technical superiority on them. Uh, so I feel like Chavi is going to use Nico in the number eight role. That that's what he has to do. He has to become this aggressive midfielder who's going to arrive into the box, who's going to uh, be more courageous, which you know, shooting from outside the box or maybe inside the box as well. That doesn't matter. Uh, and 
Nico seems to be developing in that in that particular way too. So that's good because Barca lack those type of midfielders. I, I don't think I cannot remember when was the last time that midfielder scored a goal for Barca. Uh, well, Barca generally lack goals yeah. at the moment, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for midfield especially. So maybe if he develops in that way, that would be beneficial for Barca. Definitely. I love that that comparison of Paulinho with more you know uh, ability and skill because again Paulinho. You know, I wasn't the biggest fan of his, but he did score yeah. some some crucial yeah. goals, you know, especially against Hetafe and so forth. You know, just yeah. kind of finishing up on the on the midfield, you know, especially with Javi's influence coming in here. And one of the things I've just kind of noticed, especially just watching different matches, like, for example, when I was watching the Man City-Manchester United game, mm-hmm. Liverpool against Atletico, for example, is the fitness yeah. of this midfield. How can Xavi kind of give his influence with this midfield? Because I feel that sometimes... Uh, it's very static at times, you know, mm-hmm. trying to pass horizontally. What could Xavi yeah. do to kind of push more the envelope of going forward? I mean, especially with Nico there, I think that's going to help. But is there any other things that he could do to kind of push that influence to get it, you know, a little bit more dynamic, especially, you know, remember how Xavi used to play? He was always moving, passing, looking, you know, yeah. and hopefully that'll translate to the to this midfield. Mm-hmm. And that's key. I'm glad you said that because I think just the fact that Xavi was such a good, a good midfielder in his in his playing days, I think that will matter a lot because he knows what a midfielder is supposed to do, what a Barca midfielder is supposed to do. And, you know, Nico, Pedri, Gavi, Busquets, Frankie, they all they all have the quality, they all have the skill to play as a Barca midfielder. They all scan all the time, they all move. I mean, they, they know how to do it. It's just that at the moment, just a lack of a structure and a lack of a clear plan is kind of hindering them because they're not exactly sure what they're supposed to be doing. I mean... At times, yes, of course, Nico, for example, is, is, a, is a great example because he, he knows what he's supposed to do and he does it so well. But other players like Frankie struggle because they don't know what, it, what they're supposed to be doing exactly. So I, th- I feel like Xavi being you know, an ex-elite midfielder will, will help because he, he was in their shoes once. He knows how to, how to do the stuff that they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think, you know, especially if Frankie Dijon just is a little bit like maybe five to 10% more active in just the triangles, I think that is mm-hmm. going to help that much more. Now let's go yeah. to the attack. You know, yesterday yeah. Barca were able to score three really nice goals in the first half, yeah. you know, before all the injuries happen, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really kind of want to focus on Memphis because I think Memphis has had some good games. And right. obviously he's been lost in some games. And I know that Xavi really wants to have like a, an official number nine. Memphis is not really yes. the official quote unquote dream number nine that you would have. He's a more of Koeman's type of player. But how can Xavi utilize Memphis more? Is he just going to put him up the middle and have him push the line, do you think? And also just, you know, I think one of the things that Memphis is lacking is ball security. I think mm. Memphis is too loose with the ball, and I think yes. you know Chavi really needs to focus that. But how do you see Chavi, you know, maybe trying to maximize a little bit more because we need Memphis's speed, his physicality, mm-hmm. and more, most importantly, his goals. Well, Memphis, I, when when he first signed, I was like, I was not sure about him because he was just not the type of player that I thought Barca needed at the moment. But then he showed that he can actually be a runner. He can be the physical presence as you mentioned. He can be. He's maybe not the traditional number nine, but he can work there as well. Um, and I feel like the crucial thing for Xavi to do with Memphis is pair him up with the right profiles. So if you have Xavi, uh, sorry, not Xavi, if you have uh, Memphis and Coutinho, for example, in the same squad, mm-hmm. that doesn't work because they're both, they like to hog the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. They have, they lo- love to have the ball at their feet. They have, they want to dribble and drive with the ball. And sometimes that works and sometimes it just, 
slows down the attack so much and sometimes they they do it far too much and it's it's not working when you have multiple player profiles like that so you have to pair them up with runners you have to pair them up with with uh with pace with verticality and width which is something that barca don't really have at the moment but that would be like the ideal scenario for memphis the same was true for messi as well messi needed players who can run who can utilize his his vision he can you know the, those passes that messi had we never really had players that could benefit as much from from those passes from those killer killer assists and all that stuff you know i, I think it's all about having the right player profiles who kind of kind of uh complement each other that's that's the thing for Xavi to kind of do yeah and again going back to this idea you know obviously if everyone was fit i think you you know you'd be very scared as a defense seeing Fatih, Memphis and Dembele. But now Fatih's going to be out for a couple of weeks as the news is coming out with his hamstring. And obviously Dembele, yeah. we know his injury issues. So, you know, for these next couple of weeks, especially with the next uh, round of Champions League against Benfica, how, like you said, I think that's a great point that Memphis needs to be paired up with someone. But now how can you be paired up if our whole team is essentially injured? I mean, going into the Benfica game, which is going to be absolutely right. crucial, do yeah. you line him up with maybe two forwards or something like that? Because it's, it, essentially you're going to have to be ultra creative in this matchup because you don't have yeah. wings, essentially. Yeah, that is true. I mean, once again, Barca will have to rely on fullbacks, I guess. I mean, Alba yeah. and that that's – I mean, players like that will be crucial. And maybe you could, you could look into the, the academy as well. Xavi is going to be bigger than that. I think that he yeah. will – try and, and and promote more kids as well and we do have some wingers and the academy too that can be used um maybe maybe that could be a solution if not i just don't know uh yeah i, I guess I, memphis memphis would be the type of player who kind of sits at the back and then playmates from there uh from a sort of a false nine a number 10 position not not exactly uh, a clear number nine it's difficult I, it I, is I, difficult I, yeah. That, that's that's the thing, you know, everyone is excited, obviously, for Xavi to come because of obviously, you know, going to be using La Masia. I think mm -hmm. another thing that he's going to do immediately is increase the fitness of this team, which I think has yeah. been quite lacking. Uh, it's quite interesting because in our um, Patreon WhatsApp group, we sent a meme of the injury starting 11. And oh. you can put a team of the starting 11 that is injured currently. You have Aguero oh, wow. and Braithwaite, Fatih, Nico, Pedri, Dembele, Dest, Pique, Garcia, Roberto, and then Neto. So wow. just to show, you know, that obviously the gauntlet of La Liga Champions League with this team is going to be difficult as much as we're mm. excited for Xavi, mm. especially in the Benfica match, it's going to be very difficult to pair Memphis with someone that is healthy and can play the full 90. Because as we saw yesterday, we had a lot of issues going with yeah. that. Now I want to pivot to the defense because this has been one of my biggest contentions for the last three years with this team. The defense to me has been brutal. It's been... Yeah. Amateur hour, yes. especially in the first matches where it's just first shot, first goal, to me is yes, unacceptable. Exactly. It is. The first thing I want to go to is, you know, and we saw yesterday, obviously, we had a patchwork team because of injuries. So I don't, mm. yesterday was kind of a fluke, but I want to talk about the previous kind of matches. How does Chavi come in and fix this with this counterattacking defense? Because I think this is super crucial. You know, it's one of those things is like, is it philosophy or win the match, right? With the high line. Mm. But when you have the high line and you have players aren't fast enough, especially Alba in his age now, I mean, Gessa, yeah. for example, is not the speediest. How can Chavi come in and try to put his stamp to solidify this defense? Because 
I can't remember the last time we had a shutout. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's that's a fair point. Um, so the thing is, I think that a good defense comes from a good structure in possession. If Barca, when they lose the ball and they just scramble and they cannot really counter press that well and they cannot really plug the holes quick enough, that's where the where the problems can arise from. Uh, and so fixing the rest defense, so your your structure in possession when you're in possession of the ball but you have a structure in place in case you lose the ball that you can transition straight into a good counter press counter pressing uh sequence that's the key for xavi and and barca have been you know at least in, in the modern time that they, they, they they've always been a team that wants to press high that wants to be aggressive off the ball and i feel like xavi is going to persist with that that's that's what he loves to do anyway um and if that's the case Barcelona need to be far more compact because if you have the midfield and the defensive line deep and you have a four line four line that is way too high, that doesn't work because yeah, yeah, the opposition can just play through you. So I guess compactness is key and the structure structure and possession is key uh, for for Barcelona to be kind of more uh, solid. If you want, if you will, defensively, that's that's kind of what what I think that needs to improve uh, if we're gonna continue with this with the style of play. Yeah, and and going back to this to your analysis of the of the Clasico yeah. where Real Madrid exploited that corner, right? With Vinicius yes. and understanding that thing. You know, one of the things I really hope with Xavi and this is kind of an, a gripe of mine for the last coaches that we have, I want to see tactical adjustments for big mm. matches, you know? Yeah, yes, yeah. you can keep the philosophy, but like for example, you know, knowing that they're going to try to exploit Vinicius, how are you going to protect mm. that, you know? And don't yeah, wait yeah. to minute 60 to make these changes, you know, when you're already yeah. losing one nothing, this type of thing. Now, going back to this defense, you know, again, like I just said, everyone is hurt and so forth. I mean, is there anything else that Xavi could do just on basic terms of just, I don't know, like I feel like uh, these players, they're awesome technically, you know, they're fast mm. enough to, to, to be a good solid defense. But like, for example, Garcia, I feel like every time he's on a one-on-one -on -one battle, he's losing that. You know, yeah, is there something yeah. like just just being more physical? And like yesterday, Longley, like how many mistakes did he have that almost led to a goal? And it's just like yeah. this mishmash. And it's just like, I just feel like, you know, if we, I know it's really hard to compare the defense mm. of six years ago, seven years ago mm. when they were elite. But I mean, yeah. it's just basic things that I feel like they just need to work on in practice. You know, it's kind of those things like I'm a big basketball fan, NBA fan. And it's right. kind of like if you're not hitting your your three point or your shot, like you go to the gym and work on that, right? And I just yeah, feel yeah. like, you know, this has been a problem for the last few seasons that we never see any type of improvement uh, where we can actually tactically say, oh, wow, look, Eric Garcia now is like more physical, good body position and not fouling as mm -hmm. much. I mean, is there is it just this – maybe I'm just too uh, simple in this way, just saying they need to train harder on this, but I don't know. I just don't see improvement. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that – some of the things Barca do in defense are just basics, basic things that, that they're doing wrong. And I think, yes, uh, when it comes down to it, just maybe just, yeah, in training, just Chavi. I'm not sure if how Chavi can instantly improve that. And, and those players have the capacity. I think they should have the capacity to be sure. their defenders. They, they, they should be because they're all elite on the ball. That's what Barca need and, and defenders, obviously, in center back especially. But... <sighs> That defensive side, the the more physical side, is lacking. That's that is true. I'm not sure how to fix that. Just apart <laughs> from just 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 go to the training ground and 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 try and fix it that way. I guess I guess that would work. I mean, 
I'm not exactly sure what to tell you about yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's it's kind of one of those things like, I, you know, like when I see in American football, for example, when they use the pads, mm. like to be more physical and stuff. I don't know if it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like, you know, especially like with Garcia, mm. when I watch him, I just feel like he's on ice skates, the way he doesn't yeah. understand like to turn. I just feel like that's like basic football yeah, yeah. stuff that you learn as a kid, you know, and it's, I know he's gifted player. So uh, I just have a couple more questions about Xavi, just kind of bring tactics from outside to uh, La Liga and Barcelona, do you think most of his tactical principles will work out or is there going to be something that he may have to kind of adjust because, you know, obviously the Qatari league is not as competitive yeah. as La Liga? Um, I think, yes, on paper, it should translate well. Most, mostly, yes. Uh, I believe that his philosophy and the way that he sees football is very compatible with what, what Barca want to do and what Barca are, you know, are based on. So I think, yes, in general, yeah, I, think, I feel like it will be a good match, but the, th the thing is, yeah, of course, the, the the quality and the level are different. So maybe it'll be interesting to see how Xavi handles tougher opposition because in Qatar he was mostly facing teams that were not as good as his team was. Uh, at least that's my understanding. I still have to do a lot more research on him, and I will, I will, um, I will do an analysis of, of, of how he his tactics would fit Barca uh, very soon, but. In general, yes, I feel it will be a good match, and I'm I'm really excited to to see how how that works out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, there was a video last week circulating around about his coaching philosophy, and it's like, mm -hmm. how can you not get excited about yes, the understanding? Exactly. And I know, like, for example, I don't want to throw Kuban under the bus just completely like yeah. that, but I I just don't get the same animo, the same feeling from right. Kuban and with Chavi, you know. So this is the other the other question I have for you because you you led perfectly. Against tougher opponents, right? How, mm. you know, we've seen the static passing. Yeah. How can Xavi or, you know, Barca in this in this new era try to unlock it, especially when a team is playing eight in the back? Is it, you know, I'm always kind of in this this mold where now I feel like if there's a counterattack available, take it. Mm. You know, because like, a, like the way Italy did it this summer with the Euros, where they yeah. just took those numbers and it put the defenses they were facing uh, on balance. Because I think a lot of times... Yes, it's good to hold the ball and possess it and so forth. But I also right, yeah. feel when you do that, you're waiting for the defense to stack up and then you lose that opportunity. So what kind of things do you look at? Like maybe, you know, especially like, you know, against Dianimo Kiev when they had a hard time trying to unlock that. Any new things that you're seeing like in the EPL with like, especially Man City trying to unlock these teams when they when they park the bus? Uh, well, it's difficult. That <laughs> is unlocking a deep block has always been one of Barca's, you know, biggest biggest challenges, I guess. Uh, the thing is, they 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 were always so one-dimensional in their approach. It was always teams knew what Barca were gonna do even before Barca did it. Uh, and the thing is, Barca had Messi, so Messi could do something out of nothing, and that was what bailed them out so many times. And now that they don't have Messi and they try to do this, this very same things all the time, it doesn't work because they don't have a, the magic man who. Do, somehow sure. solve every every problem. So I feel like, look at Real Madrid, for example, as well. They adapt to the situation. I mean, they came to the Camp Nou and they were like, okay, we're just not going to have the ball. We're just going to wait for Barca to, to struggle to breach our block and then just we're going to hit it in a car attack and score. Um, and Barca, they don't have that kind of versatility in their approach. They're like, they have this one approach that they know how to do. Well, sort of, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they just do that and, uh, and if it doesn't work it doesn't work and that it's kind of a problem because if you don't have a plan b what what happens when plan a doesn't work that 
that's that's a big issue i feel like so just being able to adapt and maybe maybe you know just move away from that philosophy for a little bit because if you look at Ernesto Valverde for example he is one of the coaches that was highly criticized for not being the Barca DNA coach or whatever uh but it still worked it still worked I mean he his Barca were not maybe not the most exciting Barca that we've seen in, in years but it worked most of the time so I feel like just adapting to certain situations is key just not don't bang your head against the wall if something doesn't work just try and and, and change up a bit yeah, I think that's the hardest thing right now because again, when the team stacks up, how are you going to take advantage of that? Obviously, we're not we're not a team that can just put in thirty crosses. You know, of course. Oh yeah. my God, I, I just remember this. That this means Luke De Jong is going to start. I just wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, I mean, again, I you know. Yesterday was a, was a, was a tale of two halves, right? The first half was glorious. I mean, the way Barcelona yeah. were moving, and I think it really had to do with obviously Fati combining with Memphis, obviously on the first goal from Fati. So, I mean, there is the potential for obviously exciting goals, mm. exciting attack, and this type of thing. But again, mm. really, Dom, I think the first thing Xavi needs to do is upgrade the fitness team, yes, the medical exactly. staff team, because. To me, uh, not being able to estimate returns on players and have them correct is a huge no-no mm-hmm. in, in professional sports. If you say that he's going to come back in ten days and they come back a month later, yeah, you're you're doing something yeah. wrong. So I think that is the the most important because we saw, like for example, Nico, he didn't get injured, but he got tired, and right, he's vital. Yeah. He's vital, man. He, I, he you know, after you know, it's kind of funny how your perspective changes a little bit when you start to kind of research a little things. Obviously I was noticing how good he was, but when I read your analysis and then just kind of mm. really eyeing him yesterday, I was like, mm. wow, like I'm really yeah. excited for this future, especially with the, the amount of players, because, you know, one of the things too, is that if you look at any other team in Europe and to, to tell them they have seven Academy players making contributions, yeah. they would be over the moon. And I we know. have to use this to kind of bridge this gap of, uh, you know, there's trying times in Barcelona. Any any last thoughts about Xavi coming as a coach and tactical four one one on on going forward with with Xavi? I well, not exactly. We'll we'll see. We'll see when it, when when he finally starts implementing his ideas. We'll see how he goes. But I would just say that we need we need to be patient with him. Sure, it's, sure. It, I mean, it's that's that's key. I mean, don't expect miracles just overnight. It, it won't happen. It, the, the team is what it is. The injuries are there. It, we cannot really ignore that as much as we would like to. And it's just, I think that he'll make it. I think he'll be a very good coach for Barca. It's just that, just give him a bit, bit of time, I guess. Yeah, like we were talking earlier, we've, been, we've both been fans for a long time. So we know yeah. the tumultuous times before. You know, mm-hmm. I always think of the Van Hall era. You know, that's always kind of the, the, yeah, the era for me. But also, like you said, it's patience. And also the other thing too, Dom, is that, you know, Barca can't afford any more coaches. They're spent, you know, I just saw a stat the other day, 32 million with Valverde, Setien, now Kuman that they're paying out. So it's Chavi for at least two seasons. And so, yeah, like you said, we have to give patience. Well, Dom, I, like I said, I was telling you earlier through Twitter and everything, your newsletter is phenomenal. I can't say this enough. I I love looking at tactical analysis of this. So I I will put the the link in the show notes and, and Dom, thanks for joining me. No, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Podcast Network.